Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. And I'm Trisha Bobita. And this week we're talking to one of my very favorites of all the people author Samantha Irby. For those of you who already know her, you probably will not be surprised that this conversation is a bit PG-13, maybe even kind of R-ish. There's a lot of adulting and sex things and poop things, so (laughs) if you have youths in the area, just, you know, beware. Beware if there are youthful ears, but keep listening otherwise, because this conversation... Maybe it's going to make you cry, laugh, or laugh, cry, which is also the experience of reading Sam Irby's blog, Bitches Gotta Eat, which he's been doing for eight years. From detailed stories of her many bouts of unexpected diarrhea. To dedicating her book to the drug clonopin. To dubbing herself a champion masturbator. There's maybe nothing that Sam won't talk about and is able to make funny. Sam's the author of two essay collections. Her first one, Meaty, is now in the process of becoming a TV show, and she's working on it with two pretty amazing women, Abby Jacobson from Broad City and Jesse Klein from Inside Amy Schumer are both going to be a part of making this show that's kind of about Sam's life but turned into a TV show. We can't wait to talk more about that. And her most recent book is called We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. It was blurbed by none other than Jenny Lawson, Roxanne Gay, and Lindy West, who are some of our other favorite feminist writers who we've also had on our net. It's kind of like Lindy and Roxanne and Jenny are the feminist witches that we got in our chocolate frogs. And now we were just missing one from our set. And now that we have the Sam Irby card, our set is complete and we have all of the most powerful feminist witches. And if you're not familiar with what chocolate frog trading cards are, obviously you haven't been rereading Harry Potter along with me, but just think of them as like Pokemon cards. And if you don't know what that is either, then... Okay, if you don't know what Harry Potter chocolate frogs are or Pokemon cards and you're listening to this podcast, please tweet at us at Nerdette Podcast because we got some reading to do and we got some Pokemon to catch. But yeah, it's also like baseball trading cards if that is more familiar yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Think Derek Jeter except awesome feminists. All right. So, Sam, if you would start us off helping us get to know your new book of essays by reading from the top of page 14. Yes. So (laughs) I filled out the application for The Bachelorette and I sent it in like as a joke, but I did fill it out. So then when I was like putting book ideas together, I was like, I saved that Bachelorette application. I am going to write about it. So here – are a couple of my qualifications for being the bachelorette. Number one, I'm fat and black. Isn't it about time they had a bitch with a real 2% large cottage cheese curd ass on this awkward date parade? I mean, come on. Welcome to your after photo, gentlemen. Primetime television needs some real talk from a real asshole, and that asshole should be me. But they have to make sure that they cast a bunch of Latinx and one white guy with dreadlocks who you can rest assured wouldn't be a real contender. Two, instead of roses, I would hand out condoms. 
because I'm not living in a house with 20 hot dudes I can't get naked with. You must be crazy. And you better believe those elimination ceremonies are taking place in the bedroom. No foreplay, no rose. Keeps his socks on during, no rose. Rabbit fucking, no rose. Takes too long to come and starts chafing my haunches, no rose. Blows air into my vagina, no rose. Says dumb stuff in bed, no rose. Won't let me get a good up-close look at his butthole, no rose. Won't let me gag him and tie him up for fun, even though that does nothing for me sexually, no bleeping rose. I should probably go get a robe because my pajamas are just retired exercise clothes. And if I'm going to be kicking dudes out while their dicks are still sticky, I want to make sure I look as classy as possible. If the JCPenney catalog is to be believed, a bathrobe is a surefire way of achieving that. It's so good. (laughs) It's my favorite. I just partly wanted people to just, you know, get a little taste of the book. Also, I was really excited for how you would read No Rose. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as I was writing it, I was like... That's going in all caps. Also, for those of you who can't see through this podcast, I'm essentially wearing a robe as real close. (laughs) (laughs) Robes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't lie. I'm wearing Crocs. I like to keep it real pajamified. The win (laughs) at work for me is always when I'm wearing something that feels like pajamas and no one says anything about it whether they notice or not actually not sure yeah but that's my game i mean how often have you been in a situation where someone who mattered criticized your clothes and you actually had to go change like as an adult (laughs) it just doesn't happen i went to this wedding once and i was like real worked up about what i was gonna wear and my sister was like nobody cares about like you're not the bride who cares yeah. and then like that was like a revelation so every morning i'm like i'm not the bride who cares and i just wear what i want so this book has so many things in it that i feel like a lot of us would be hesitant to share even with some of our closest friends <laughs> and I would just wonder, you know, where do you pick out lines and rules for yourself or is it all fair game in the first draft? So I don't ever write anything negative about a woman I actually know. Like that is my primary rule. You will never see me like drag. I mean, in a funny, like if there's something funny that happens with one of my friends, like sure. But there's, I never am like, mean about my women friends or women I've dated, like never, ever. I just got a question. I did an interview somewhere and they asked like if I was worried about like what men would think because I drag men and I don't drag women. And I was like, well, first of all, it's not a drag if it really happens. Like, <laughs> also, And if you want it to like be written, what Anne Lamott said, if you want to be written about better, like be better. So I'm like, well, you know, if they weren't better, then... <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't care. So with women, I don't do that. I'm like, if we have a hilarious experience together and I get permission to write about it, then I will. But I'll never, like, air some woman's dirty laundry. I also – I have just now started writing – and even this, like, kind of scares me a little bit – 
about like how I feel about my weight and myself and like my depression. Like those things were always hard to talk about. One, I think because I didn't have a good way to articulate how I felt. And it's really hard to write about something you don't like about yourself or something you're struggling with and then to not resolve it. Lots of times when people are talking about the spectrum of their depression and anxiety and stuff or talking about reconciling their bodies, you sort of get to the end and they've made peace with it. And I have not. And I also am not like actively trying to solve any of these problems. I'm just sort of like working through them. And so I was hesitant to write about this stuff because we live in this culture that's like, I'm going to read 20 pages of this. And on page 19, we're going to get to the point where she says, and then I found a miracle pill or I got a lobotomy. Like I had the cake part of my brain lobotomized. <laughs> and have we then, figured that out yet? Do we have that yeah. yet? I mean, right. I would sign up. But <laughs> <laughs> so writing about the things I struggle with that continued to be a struggle was like kind of embarrassing. Like I write about this brunch where I will say this till I die. The chair was not put together correctly, but who knew that in the moment? Because I fell and like then it's just about like a fat person like breaking a chair. So those kind of things are like, man, so you're going to tell this story, but then what? Like you're Inciting gonna... incident to what? Yeah. 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 It's like you're, what happens after that? And then I went back and forth about whether or not to like put that in. And then I was like, well, okay, someone somewhere has broken a chair or been in a one of those like tall director's chairs that oh, don't really director work. chairs <laughs> when somebody's like hey do you want to sit on this director's chair in front of people and hold a microphone i'm always like can i please sit down away from yeah. people i would rather <laughs> not sit in on this the awkward f- perch floor i don't know why those are a thing but i feel like i'm between the worlds of like People who are actively trying to, quote unquote, fix themselves. And we live in this new age, which I think is amazing. But girls who are in their fat kinis who are, like, confident enough to wear sleeveless shirts. I'm like, I love that. I want to see all your fat rolls. But I hate to feel my skin touching itself. And I will just feel like... I don't want anybody, like, looking. So it's like I'm in this weird limbo place where I'm, like, not trying to fix anything, but also not out here in a crop top because I just don't – I don't – I'm not a crop top person yet. I have to say, for me, reading (laughs) this book, that was one of the most exciting parts reading it because I feel like, again, those two worlds you described were actually sort of pitted, I think, next to each other Mm -hmm. recently on This American Life – When it was Lindy West talking about owning who you are and what your body looks like and loving it. And if that means that you want to spend time and energy not focusing on losing weight, then don't focus on that. Mm -hmm. Don't spend your bandwidth on a thing if it's not you think going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Elna Baker in that same episode saying like, I kind of take speed all the time to say skinny. Yeah. As if those are the two options. (laughs) I was like, you guys. I mean, for the most of us, it's somewhere in between still, right? It's still a struggle. Right. Right. And it feels like 
you're letting down both sides kind of. Yeah. Because, like, I have an app on my phone that I, like, put my food in just so I can, like, sort of keep track of how many, like, calories I'm eating. But then I'm also, like, you know, if somebody's, like, here's a donut, I'm going to be, like, yes. If it was free to you, you. then does it count in the (laughs) spreadsheet is a really fair question. Because it's, like... It's yeah. rude to not eat the donut. Somebody, yeah, but right? then I still feel the like, <laughs> oh, don't yeah. eat that, you know. And so it can't just be me. The people who like do an exercise thing and really do it for like three good weeks, and then they like take a trip or their show comes back or whatever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, am I going to go to that class or am I going to watch Fargo? Yeah, figuring and then out it's how like, to make things real since, habits. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's like the push-pull, and I feel like it's going to be constant. There's like the, I'm an adult, I can do what I want, I pay my own health insurance, who cares? And then there's the part of me that's like, oh, you should move around a little more. You know, especially like if I have to go to the doctor or something, I'm like, man, I'm going to walk in here and tell him I've been doing the same nothing. <laughs> but at least I can point to this app on For my phone. For the last three weeks before this appointment, I have been very well behaved. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right? It's like people who floss only the week before they go to the dentist. Yes. I feel like that's been most of my life in most ways yeah. when it comes to doctors. Oh. See, flossing is even harder for me than, like, I'd rather do the calorie app than, like, sit and try to get all <laughs> the shit out of the gristle out of my teeth. After the break, we talked to Sam about what might just be her next project. You're listening to Nerdette. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So in the writing of this book, you talk about the relationship you're in now, you've gotten married, you've moved to outside of Kalamazoo, Michigan. So if this book was sort of about the last decade or so, or a couple of decades of your life, what would it be like to start documenting, you think, this transition we've been talking about? It's, uh, so (laughs) I'm thinking now about writing more things. So my wife has two children who live with us half the time. Everyone is fascinated that anyone lets me have, like, daily proximity to their children. (laughs) I'm like, you know, I don't, like, just curse all the time, right? I give them very good advice. No, I I don't say anything to them that, like, could harm (laughs) – that could influence their decisions in any way. I mean, this is a big change, and I feel like I'm handling it as well as could be expected, but also, like, trying to mine it for all the comedy I can. And me with these kids is really, it's a lot of fun. And I think people are fascinated 
by that, like, people are like, do they call you mom? And I'm like, no, they call me their mom's wife, which is what I tell them to call me. <laughs> like, they're like, can we call you stepmom? And I'm like, no, no, you can call me Sam. And you tell your friends that I'm just, like, the black lady who lives in your house and <laughs> that they should never talk to. Um, so I feel like documenting that stuff is going to be good. And my reactions to, like, Kalamazoo is like a little blue island in a red sea. Yeah. And it's wild to me because Chicago is progressive and liberal. Evanston is super progressive. And this is sort of the first time I've had to exist in a place where, I mean, you know, I shave my head. I got a lot of, like, death tattoos and stuff. Like, the kind of things that even, like, nice liberals are like, oh, those are interesting. Like, it's a different thing to be doing that around people who drive trucks for real life, you know? So (laughs) I think them adjusting to me and me adjusting to them is going to be interesting and fun. Being married is weird. No, being married is not weird. Living with another person is weird. I hate it a lot. <laughs> I really do. I mean, I lived alone for so long. I've never lived with another person. I have attempted it. You'll see if you read the uh-huh. book. It didn't really work <laughs> out the way I wanted. So now I'm like a feral animal being put in... Kalamazoo. Yes, in <laughs> Kalamazoo, like with people who like have cloth napkins. Like there's cloth napkins at the house. I'm like, that's very fancy. what is this? And like people are always touching something that's mine. And like every day I'm like, don't touch that. You touch your mom's things. Don't touch my things. That No, that iPad, I'm putting a password on it. You know what I mean? And that's not even how I want to be, but because I haven't been around other people for so long. I mean, it's I feel like a sitcom dad, right? And <laughs> I have so much more empathy for Al Bundy. I'm like, there's always so much noise and no one will leave me alone. And every time I put something down, it is gone. And it's not even things that other people want. I know you're thinking like, you know, my phone or, you know, a gold bullion. It's never anything good. It's like, where's that glass of water I had? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things like that that probably make you feel crazy when they've moved. Because yes. you're like, hmm. Yeah. And you also are an asshole for like getting mad that someone moved your water. So I'm like... Where the fuck is my drink? And everyone's like, oh, well, we washed that dish and put it where it belongs. And then you can't be like, don't wash my dish. You know, then it has to be like, that was a very nice thing you did for me. Thank you. I guess I'll just go retrieve it from the dishwasher. You know, it's, I mean, it's a lot. So I'm going to chronicle all of this. Probably at the end, my wife is going to be like, I don't know, dude, like this is all I did was do something nice for you. And you're such a piece of shit that you can't. I think sitcom dad is the perfect sort of shorthand for it, which means that your next TV show will be about you as the sitcom dad in rural Michigan. And I'm excited for that show. But can we talk a little bit about the meaty Let's stuff? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So what is happening? You're working with Abby Jacobson, with mm-hmm. Jesse Klein, mm-hmm. who folks know from some of the funniest other ladies on TV, Broad City, Inside Amy Schumer. Yeah. And now you're turning your life into a TV show? I know. It's weird. I mean, I really hope they let us make this show because it's going to be outrageous. 
we just finished the first draft of the pilot. We talked to FX. We got notes. So now we're working on a second draft. So we're pretty far along. TV takes a long time. A lot of people in the mix, too. Yeah. You don't get to do that alone in your room. No. And it's so good, though, because, like, working with people and getting their perspective, especially people who have done it before, it's such an amazing experience. I will write something that I think is funny, and then I send it to them. And then, like, just hearing almost in real time what someone thinks about something you've written and, like, what they see in it that you didn't see is like an incredible experience. I have zero ego about any of it because I'm like, what do I know? Like, it's been very cool. I'm so excited. There's a lot of diarrhea written into the first episode. (laughs) That's my thing. So I'm like, having a show is like fine, but there are things I want to do on TV that I feel like will be so cool. Like just having... Black and brown people, like, there's no romance in the first episode. Like, there's no focus on any man, any woman, any anything. And I want to rep for all the people with irritable bowel diseases and, like, have it shown on TV. What is it like when you have, like, a silent disease that everyone makes fun of that also when you're dealing with it, Everyone's like, ew, you know what I mean? Like, that's my dream is to, like, have a funny show that's, like, got three women executive producers and writers. Like, that's That's just so amazing. That's so cool. One of the things I love about Insecure, Issa Rae's show, is that they're just black people being normal. No stereotypes, no drugs, no baby mamas. No tokenism. No tokenism. Like just things that we haven't seen before. And I want to do that too. Because I don't feel like some like black exception. You know, I am just a normal person. All my friends are just like me. And I feel like we should be represented on TV. Also, I want poop to be on TV and not in a slapstick kind of way. Like I just did a reading in New York and this woman and her friend came and they have a Crohn's disease support group and they were like, your work means so much to us. There's nobody on TV like talking about spending eight hours in the bathroom. And I want us to be like talking about it in a way that doesn't make fun of it. But in a show that ultimately is funny, like chronic illness is either displayed as like someone you should pity or like a person who's very virtuous, you know, who doesn't do anything wrong and the odds are stacked against her. And that's just not true. Like I'm a real person. There have been times when I was flaring up that I didn't take my meds because I spent the money on something else. And it just making the same mistakes other people do, but where the consequences might be a little more severe and smelly. (laughs) I'm so excited to watch the show. I'm excited to then read the book about you as a sitcom dad in Michigan. Oh, yeah. What if I called it Sitcom Dad? I think that's a really good name for it. I think I'm going to call it. Yes. I'm going to text my agent so someone writes it down because I don't ever write anything down, which Mm -hmm. gets me in a lot of trouble as a (laughs) pseudo-professional person. (laughs) 
I'm going to give you a shout out for like helping me get this title. I hope that it happens and I will be eager to read it. It will make us no money because there's no money in books. but Or podcasts. <laughs> Why did we decide to do this like free shit? Blogging and podcasts because you know what? What are we doing? Yeah. I mean, dear audience, we're thrilled to provide you with entertaining content. But man... Everybody's always talking to me like, hey, baller. And I'm like, uh-uh. They don't give you money to have an idea for a show. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Yeah. No, we're not You might get a lunch or two out of it. <laughs> but that's how Hollywood works, right? It's like you yeah. get lunch. Yeah. Fly yourself here and I'll take you to get a cheeseburger. I mean, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It really is crazy. I mean, that's how I know. Like, even when I feel like a bad person, I'm like, you know, I do a free thing on the internet and I've been doing it for like eight years. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I'm not the best, but like, I'm all right. I'm all right. You are, Samantha Irby. (laughs) Definitely all right. Coming up, we have homework from Sam Irby, and Sam and Trisha come up with what just might be the best, or at least most delicious, podcast idea ever. So everyone needs to be reading We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. That's my homework. Mm -hmm. But what would your homework be for the Nerdette listener? My homework... I just watched the first two seasons of Fargo Mm. I'm starting the third and like okay your dumb homework is to watch Fargo your smart homework is to read Noah Hawley's book that's the guy who writes Fargo and it's called Before the Fall read that which is very good that's excellent homework I like it a little multimedia homework yeah so good Thank you for joining us under debt. Oh my God! Thank you for having me. This I want to come here every day. Please, anytime. No, you're your welcome. Always. It's gonna be like, no, no. Our audience is like, yes. And if they're listening right now, they heard all of what came before, so they're with us. Anybody listening now is still with us, and we love them. But if you had me like in here interviewing people, the interviews would be so dumb. I'd be like, <laughs> what is your favorite breakfast cereal? And then like have a twenty minute conversation about Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. I did have a friend just the other day who said that they were in a, they walked into a convenience store, bought a weird box of Cocoa Puffs and milk and just started like eating the Cocoa Puffs with one hand and drinking the milk because there was no bowl. There was no time. Oh, that there was is no a time. hero. It's a hero among us. That's who that yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Let's, we'll start a cereal pod. What's your favorite cereal? <laughs> Another thing we're going to give cereal away. Cereal spelled free. like <laughs> breakfast, not about murder, where we just talk about cereal. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's go tell our EP that we have a new show to do. <laughs> In fact, I have not seen Fargo, but I have read Before the Fall, and it's a pretty great book. So, you know, if you like those wait, 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 Greta, you yeah. read a book but didn't watch the movie? Are you surprised? It's a TV show. I'm so surprised. <laughs> I have seen Fargo the movie, actually. Oh. Just for the record. Is Fargo the TV show the one that has uh, Watson? Oh, it? I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's it Martin does. Freeman. 
So we should be watching that. Yeah, I mean, aside that. from the fact that Sam Irby just told us to. Yeah, I always do my homework from Sam Irby, now especially double when reason. Martin Freeman is in the homework. <laughs> the show is produced by us, Trisha Bobita and Greta Johnson, along with Candace Mattel. Our executive producer is Joel Meyer. We are bidding a very fond farewell to our intern, Brady Guy, who is off to newer and bigger and more exciting projects. But because of the circle of life, when it comes to public radio interns, oh, yes. means that there is always a new intern. Who are we welcoming onto the crew? We are welcoming B. Aldrich. Hi, B. Yay. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on NPR One, or listen in the WBEZ app. It's also super helpful if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to podcasts. It helps the robots that define the algorithm that controls our lives know that you like Nerdette and maybe other people would too. So thank you to Drew Ford. Probably Drew Ford. I think it's Drew Ford. And Mana Mona for the excellent reviews on Apple. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Thanks, guys. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We are at Nerd Podcasts. Our theme music is by Pod and Conveyor. Do your homework. Do your homework. I wonder if Derek Jeter considers himself a feminist. Yeah, that's a good question. Derek I don't Jeter, mean to narrow come it down. <laughs> Nerdette, and tell us if you're a feminist. I think he is because he has often said that he actually thinks that his sister, who was a softball player, is actually the best athlete in their oh, family. And that's, that's a very feminist sweet. statement and a very cool brotherly thing to say. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to the Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.